I have a glass of grape juice in a wine glass because that just, I am not old enough to drink alcohol and this is what I like to drink. I love to drink grape juice and everything feels fancier in a wine glass, like everything. It's all about the glass. It's not about the liquid and grape juice is so much more enjoyable than any alcohol. So cheers. Welcome to Seriously Not That Serious. It's my podcast, and I am your host, Ella Ryder. This feels so weird because I love doing, like, video and stuff, but I've never done audio, but I absolutely love podcasts, like, love them. Whenever I'm at work, I listen to them. I have, like, an AirPod in, and I just listen to them while I do other stuff because I have such a hard time just sitting in silence. Like, I'm not good at it at all. So, podcasts really help me pass the time. I ramble a lot. You'll learn that. But I listen to true crime, two hot takes, the vile files. Like, I feel like I, oh, I also listen to Emma Chamberlain's um, Anything Goes podcast. But I feel like I listen to a variety of different podcasts. And I had been wanting to start a podcast for a while, but I never knew what. Like, I love true crime, but, like, the thought of, like, researching and doing all of that stuff, just, I love to do projects like that, but I just didn't feel like I had a ton to add. It's more like I like being the consumer of them rather than the creator of them. It's just not something that I'm passionate about. Everybody (laughs) growing up, I was told that, like, I'm very wise, which... Note to self, don't tell anybody that because that really just means they have a ton of trauma. <laughs> but, um, so I would get told that a lot. And like, I've been in therapy almost my whole life. Um, since my parents separated when I was four, I think. Um, I'm now 19. So I've been in therapy for a lot of my life, of course, taking breaks here and there, but I feel like I'm very good at self-reflecting and that's something that I take pride in. And I also, I like to talk through my feelings because it's easier for me to talk through them rather than write them down, at least for me. I have been trying to get into like writing stuff down because I think that it can be good to kind of like write it down, especially when you don't necessarily have anybody to talk to at that moment or nobody that you feel like you can talk to. I really, that's why therapy is so useful for me is because I self-reflect and I'm able to talk through my emotions and kind of talk through why I was feeling that way. And like, I personally have a lot of like aha moments when I talk through stuff because I just think that the self-reflection is very good. And the only way that I do that is when I talk through it. And a lot of people do that through writing, through whatever they do. Like, there's many different forms of that. For me personally, I just like talking through it because it's, I have ADHD, so, like, my brain is just, like, a big blurb, and I have, like, 5,000 things going through my brain at any given second, (laughs) and you'll be able to tell that, too. Like, I go from one thing to another because in my brain, there's a connection between them for me, which I don't know if anybody else can make that connection, but it connects for me. So yeah, so this is seriously not that serious. I chose that title because I am trying to take life not so seriously. Like I have anxiety, depression, ADHD, OCD. I have a lot of stuff that I struggle with. And something that I always see is like, people need to not take life so seriously. And I totally agree with that. There are instances where, like, life is really serious and stuff like that, but, like, everyday life, I feel like we worry so much about everything, and, like, I am talking about myself, too. Like, I think I struggle with this so much because that's just anxiety. Like, you worry about everything. I just, my goal in life is to not take life so seriously in the sense of, like, if you make one small mistake or if you embarrass yourself or if you ask a guy out or a girl out or whoever you're into or if you do stupid little things like in the grand scheme of things like we are on a floating rock like it's not that big of a deal if you murder somebody that's a little bit different do not do that (laughs) but if you do something that is so big to you but it's like so stupid and little to somebody else like 
it's not that big of a deal. Like, don't take it that seriously. And like, I struggle with this so much. Like, I remember as a kid, like, I would like be so scared to get embarrassed or I would be so scared to get like to do a mistake. Like, I would be so scared of making a mistake. And I remember one time, this is so fucking funny. Now, looking back at it, it's funny. <laughs> but I don't know how old I was, but I thought it would be fun to go onto eBay. So I went onto eBay and I really, really wanted like a MacBook and this guy had it and I didn't really know how eBay worked. So what I did was I started bidding on something and I bid like outrageous numbers or something. And then it was like, oh, you won, like the bidding ended and I got it, which of course I couldn't give them that money, but I was like, I got the iMac and um I had to go to my mom and I was crying because I'm like I didn't mean to like I don't like I didn't know what was going on and I was a stupid kid and my mom ended up working it out but like I literally thought it was the end of the world and I also have that with like my phone like I remember as a kid like I got a phone at a really young age I remember like I had like the um you buy the number you buy the minutes or um, I remember having a slide phone. Mm, I can't talk. I remember having a flip phone and a slide phone. I actually still have them, funny enough, because I love them. It's like nostalgic for me. But I had those phones because we didn't have a home phone. And with my parents being divorced and everything, it's like they needed to contact us. So we had them. And that was something that not every kid has, um, which I know. <laughs> My sister reminds me every day that I got a phone before her, and I'm like, yeah, the younger kids kind of do get the good part of that, but also, we get all the hand-me-downs. <laughs> I just remember, like, these big moments like that, and like with the phone thing, getting back to my point, but I remember with the phone thing, it was like, I would always get so scared of cracking it, and like, I do not like having a, a case on my phone, like, right now, like, my phone is, like, completely naked. Like, I have a glass screen protector, which that in and of itself can protect your fucking phone. Like, those, invest in those. Those stupid plastic ones are, like, out now. Like, nobody gets those because we know that they're fucking stupid and pointless, but the glass ones, instead of breaking your front screen, it breaks that, which is amazing. Now, Apple has gone back to having fucking glass on the back of the phones, which I do not appreciate. It looks good, but, like, I don't like having cases, and now I have to worry about cracking the front and back of my phone. But I remember just feeling a ton of pressure because I would be, like, so scared of cracking my phone because my mom put so much pressure on it. She, like, of course didn't want to pay for it to get it fixed if it did crack and looking back I think that it could have been handled a little bit better <laughs> and I think it could have been like if you crack it you're gonna have to live with it like it's your that was your mistake and if you want to get it fixed you can pay for it but whatever and I kind of took it as like oh my god it'd be the end of the fucking world if I cracked my phone instead of like well that was a mistake now you're gonna have to deal with it yourself like I was always so scared and I would get like panic attacks if I ever thought that my phone cracked or if I lost my phone or whatever. And now I'm talking more about like iPhones and stuff because fucking flip phones and slide phones are indestructible. <laughs> but I just remember like having so much anxiety and I'm just like, I think that I... I realized this in therapy a while ago, but I struggle a lot with perfectionism and I don't struggle with it. It's kind of hard for me to understand because I'm like, I am the first one to say like, I know I'm fucked up. I know I have my own issues. I know I struggle with things. And for me, the thing that always comforts me is I'm like, at least I'm in therapy and I'm trying to improve myself because I think personally... I have very strong opinions about certain things, but this is one of them. I think that the best thing that you can do as a human is always try to improve yourself. So I'm not embarrassed. Like, I don't go out of my way to tell people, but like, I'm not embarrassed that I go to therapy. I'm not embarrassed that I have anxiety and depression. OCD is an interesting one because I feel like there's a different level of shame with it. And anxiety and depression, like, I'll go up to anybody and just be like, yeah, I'm anxious and depressed. I'm Ella. Like, I, it's not an issue for me. But with OCD, I don't think a lot of people know 
necessarily what it is. And I don't think that a lot of people are educated on how it affects people. And it's one of those terms that just gets thrown around, which I think is why it's harder to just be open about because it's like people kind of brush it off, but it's like, no, like it's an actual mental health thing. And like people have different forms of OCD, but like for me, it's like cleanliness, but like in certain sense. And it doesn't like OCD just does not make sense at all. It doesn't. In your brain, it's like a little devil on your shoulder that's just constantly there. My God, I get off topic. It just kind of like goes down different trails. (laughs) But I struggle with perfectionism and it's hard for me to kind of understand because I'm the first one to say like, I know I'm fucked up. I go to therapy. I'm trying to better myself, whatever. But then I am like really hard on myself about everything. Like I'm like, how the fuck did I get here in life? Like I'm Right now, something that goes through my brain is like, I'm not happy with my job, really, and I'm a front desk person at an apartment building, and I sit there, and I do paperwork, and I'm social and stuff, and it's good, and there's been a lot of changes in that in the past few months, mainly because the company, there was just a lot of stuff that went down. I ended up going to a different property, and it's just been hard, and I'm not really happy with it. And I'm hard on myself because I'm like, how did I end up at a job that I told myself like I never wanted to have? Like I never have been the person who wants to work in corporate America, sit at a desk all day and just be there and do paperwork. And that's exactly what I'm doing. So I'm hard on myself because I'm like, how the fuck did I get here? And I'm like, every step, like in those moments, I try to tell myself, I'm like, without this job, I wouldn't have been able to get my apartment because I got a discount on rent because I'm living in one of the management's buildings, not the building that I work at. But like, I, it's just hard for me to, that's where I feel like I tend to get harsh on myself is just like, how the fuck did I get here? And how the fuck did I let myself get here? Like, this is not what I wanted. And life is full of so many unknown things that it's like, sometimes shit just happens and it's like your job was one thing and then it turned into something that you didn't think it was and that you're not happy with and then you just kind of have to roll with the punches and if I'm very much so the person who is if I'm not happy I will bail not bail I don't like that word but like I'll do something else or I'll figure out a way to go and do something else and change up my direction because being unhappy helps nobody. Like it does nothing. You're not getting a reward for it. You're not doing, you're not getting anything from making yourself miserable. So if you're in a job that you're unhappy with, figure out a job that you would be happy with and go and try it. Like I I know life is more complicated than that, obviously, but, like, I think it's one of those things where I'm just, like, I'm not willing to be unhappy with my life. Like, I want to build a good life for myself, and I'm not willing to settle, and I think that settling is, like, one of the things that a lot of people do. My point is, is that if I am unhappy in a job, a lot of the time, it, like, there will be a fire lit under me that's just, like, I need to get out. Like, this is not what I'm happy with. I don't like it. And a lot of that has to do with, like, me figure... I won't jump ship right away, of course, but, like, if I am unhappy, I need to start figuring out the next steps to what I want to do. That's not fucking easy. I'll tell you that for me. It's not easy because I have no idea what I want to do. Like, I went to college for a semester wasn't happy. I took a break off the second semester. I went back. I took, I came back for a semester part-time while working full-time at the position I have, I'm working at now. I just, it's also hard for me to like work towards something that I see no end goal to, if that makes sense. So like for me, like the reason I left school twice now (laughs) is because I don't have any idea of what I want to do. So going to school is not really getting me anywhere. Like I went to the first semester at Iowa State and I went there for marketing. And don't get me wrong, like social media marketing and all of that interests me so much. But I didn't, I'm like, I can learn a lot, but like it's not, I don't know if it's really what I want to do. 
and I'm like, I'm spending so much money to be here, and I'm so unhappy. Like, I felt like shit, and I feel like the reason that I left was just because I wanted to get out of the house, and that's the only way that I thought that that could happen, which, huh, I proved myself wrong. It was a learning experience, and I lived in the dorms, and I'm glad I did it, and I think, I personally think that everything happens for a reason, and I think that I went there to realize what I don't want to do, and I don't feel like going to school right now, and that might change. Like, you can always go back, but I... What I want to do with my life, I don't think you need a degree for. Like, you can learn so much online now. Like, it's not like I want to become a doctor and I need to go to school to become a doctor. Like, no, it's not like that. Also, part of me is just like, why the fuck am I learning about social media marketing and marketing from, like, old white men who haven't even worked in the industry with all of the changes that it has now. Like, it's constantly changing. Everything's constantly changing with the internet and with every single social media platform. Like, there's TikTok now, Instagram, like, everything. Like, marketing is changing by the second. I'm like, I could learn so much more from online or doing it myself rather than listening to an old white man talk about it. Like, I I don't know. That's just how my brain works. So, it just wasn't for me, and I think I just don't know where life's gonna take me, and I don't know what I want to do. If I knew that I wanted to be, I'm using the doctor example again, if I knew that I wanted to be a doctor, like, a thousand percent, or I was kind of like, oh, the health field kind of interests me, and I know that I need to go to school for that. So ultimately, I'm working towards my goal, even if I don't necessarily know what I want to do in the health field. But like, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go into the health field. I want to do something creative and I don't want to have to sit at a desk. And nowadays, it's like there's so many different ways to make money. You don't need to go to college. That'll be another topic for another episode, like social norms and like kind of not being at the same life spot as everybody else your age, which, hard. I don't, like, I'm just going off on so many tangents. That's literally what this podcast is gonna be, but I just don't know what the fuck I want to do with my life, <laughs> honestly. But I think I have gone through so much stuff, and I think that at some point you look at it in a different perspective, and you're like, yeah, that was fucking hard. Like, no, I did not want to leave college. Like, it was fucking difficult. And it felt like a failure, which the perfectionism thing. But I'm like, I'm not happy. Like, I'm not getting anything except getting into debt by staying here and maybe making other people happy. I am not living my life for other people. Like, I am doing what makes me happy, and sometimes I don't know what the fuck that is. I don't. I don't know what is going to make me happy, and sometimes I think I'm making the right decision, and then I'm not. It was hard for me because I thought that that was a failure, and I don't think it was a failure. I think that it was a learning experience, but also it was just me not listening to myself. Like, I don't think that I was listening to my gut when deciding to go there because, like, I have, I've never been in the same life stage as many people my age. Like, I had to grow up quick. Um, my parents were divorced. A lot of emotional shit, a lot of trauma from that. But I wanted a chance to let go. Like, I have always been so anxious and stressed out and, like, I've dealt with adult things when I don't necessarily, like, I shouldn't have been dealing with that stuff, but I did. And I'm mature for my age and I think that I wanted to go to college as a way of being, like, I'm here, don't have any cares in the world, like, I just want to be a kid and be able to party and do all this fun stuff and not have to worry about life yet. And that's not always the case when it comes to college because my parents were helping me with college, but they weren't giving me a full ride. And I grew up in a upper middle class city. So seeing all of my friends have all of their college paid for and I'm in a different fucking world than them. Like I have had jobs and I've done that stuff and I had to pay for a good portion of my college 
And given it was only one semester, but I'm like, I was on the hook for that. And it wasn't like I had no cares in the world and I was just going to college and I didn't know the financial impact of it. Like, no, I had, that was something that really stressed me out. Like I had to worry about the money. I had to worry about whether or not my parents would be able to help me for all four years. I got it in my brain that I was like, okay, getting out of the house, going to this school where it's huge and I feel like I'll get a good social group and I'll be able to be social and have fun and everything. Like, it was worth it to me to possibly get into some debt for that. And then I had the realization, I'm like, okay, I'm not at the same life stage as everybody else. It's hard for me to just let go and have fun. I don't like school. I'm not a person that's ever really enjoyed school. And I am just also, I'm more of a city person, which I didn't realize until I moved to fucking Iowa. But I have always gone to concerts. Like my dad has been in a band since he was like in high school. And I'm such a big music person. When I went down to Iowa, it was like kids had never been to a concert. And I'm like, um, what? <laughs> like, I was shocked. It was such a small city with such a big school that I thought I would be okay. Cause I'm like, there's so many people. Like, I should be fine. But there's not a lot to do. And it's also fucking Iowa. Like, I don't know how else to explain it. Everybody in the United States should know what I mean by it's fucking Iowa. Like, there's nothing there. It's cornfields. I always grew up going down to Iowa. I went to, I would go to Okaboji. It's like a summer town. It's like the Iowa version of, what was it? It's, they said, they have a saying for it. It's like, oh, the Iowa version of the Hamptons. It's like the Hamptons of Iowa, which is funny, but like everybody goes there for the summer. It's a beach town. It's so much fun there. So I feel like I, that was kind of my perspective of Iowa. But so going there, I was just like, I had no idea what I was getting into. And all the kids there who were from Iowa, who a lot of kids go there that are originally from Iowa because it's so cheap because it's an in-state school, which if it's out of state, not so fucking cheap. <laughs> it's like the kids there, like it's Iowa, like the kids who grew up in that state, they didn't know any different other than partying because in high school it was like, that's all they did. They would just go to parties, drink, have fun because they didn't, there wasn't a ton else to do because it wasn't, they were, there weren't big cities. Uh, like for me though, I was not that far from Minneapolis where we have concerts all the time. There's always something fun to do. Like there's a big city, like there's stuff to do. It's not like I live in a small town. It was a pretty big culture shock, I would say, because I was just like, oh my God, like I didn't know that people didn't really go to concerts. And that I've definitely realized a while ago, but like I've been and I've been trying to be more aware of my privilege in the fact of like, I grew up in an upper middle class city. And no, I wasn't, for most of my childhood, I was not upper middle class. Like I wasn't. But I lived in a city where the norm was like, oh, everybody would get a car when they're 16 and their parents would pay for their college and their parents were just taking care of it. And yeah, maybe they had a job, but like that was for fun money. Like it wasn't like a, oh, I need money and I need to make this money to make this happen. Like for me, I had to work my ass off the summer before I went to Iowa State because I needed to make sure that that however much money was covered or else I wouldn't be able to go there. It was hard and also something that I had to deal with was like my mom has gotten remarried and he is not my dad. He's not technically quote unquote responsible for me. I do think that marrying into a family, like, you do have some sort of responsibility for your stepchildren. He was not helping me. My mom was helping me and my mom made significantly less than him but I was on their taxes because I stayed with my mom the majority of the time. So I had to go off of their taxes, which my dad's a single man. He doesn't have, he doesn't make as much money as two incomes. Going off of their taxes kind of fucked me over with the FAFSA because I had to go off of my stepdad's taxes, which he hasn't, like, it doesn't, that's so, that's what's so fucked up to me. I'm like, it shouldn't go off of 
my stepdad's taxes. It should go off of my parents. And I know that they file together, but like that doesn't mean that he has to pay for my college. So a lot of kids get screwed over if their parents get remarried because it's like suddenly you're going off of two tax, two incomes when technically only one income is helping you pay for college. And maybe your step parent is nice enough to like help you, but like even if they like if they make a ton of money, whatever, but like if they a lot of people don't make a ton of money. So even if your parents don't make a ton of money, it's still a double income. So it raises what your parents make. That kind of fucking screwed me over. <laughs> Little FAFSA lesson is everybody gets a loan from the government for like, I think it's 2,500 bucks. And I don't know if that's for the full year or if it's for a semester. I am unsure. Don't quote me on this. <laughs> a lot of people get subsidized loans, which is where your parent makes a decent amount of money. Like they make over the poverty or whatever. I don't know the tax brackets and like the income brackets for like what's considered like, oh, you'll get loans from us or you won't. I'm no way an expert in any of this, but I don't know what they are. But there's a point where it's like, your parents make too much, we'll give you a subsidized $2,500 loan, which basically means they, the government will be covering the interest on that loan until you're out of school. So, you won't be accruing interest within those four years that you're doing school or whatever. They cover the interest so when you're out of school, you just have to pay back that $2,500 loan. But if you don't, then like the interest starts accruing after you get out of school, basically. For me, again, I don't know what the income brackets are, but I got an unsubsidized loan, which is, it basically fucked me over because basically I would get the $2,500 loan. I would be having to pay the interest throughout school. So I would have four years of interest when I get out of school, not just the $2,500 loan that would then start accruing interest. So I would have to pay like whatever percentage of interest every single year until I'm out of school. And again, that was based off of the two incomes. So it's, in my opinion, really fucked up because my stepdad doesn't need to help me. Like he has no connection to me other than he married my mother, like nothing. And I'm like, I have two parents. Like both of my parents are active in my life. I have two parents. The fact that it's going off of his income is kind of fucked up. I don't know. That's a tangent. College is fucked and so is the government. Like <laughs> that's a very broad statement, but like it is. College wasn't for me and I don't know if it ever will be. I don't know if I'll ever go back. I don't know what I'm gonna do and I don't know if I'm gonna do like a special education sort of thing where it's like a program or like cosmetology school or like that sort of thing. I don't know. Right now, don't have any plans. This podcast is just kind of gonna be a diary for me, I guess. I'm gonna talk about learning to live alone. That was a big thing. The loneliness that comes with that is a little bit a lot, but um, it's good. Like it overall... Moving out was overall very good for my mental health. Like, I'm not even gonna lie. And I was so fortunate to be able to. I know that, like, I live in a really nice place and I am so fortunate to be able to live by myself in a one-bedroom apartment at 19. I know that I'm very privileged, but I also know that, like, I work my ass off. That's getting into a whole nother thing that we don't need to talk about, but this is just gonna kind of be talking about, like, everything in my brain, I guess, because, like, I want to talk about changing in friendships, because when you get to the college age, friendships change so much, especially childhood friendships. It's just it's it changes it really does and also talking about figuring out what you want to do and kind of all of the challenges that come with that I by no means have any idea what I want to do but I think that there's a lot of struggles and a lot of questions that are so normal that I would love to talk about because I'm not alone you guys aren't alone if you have those thoughts but it's a hard thing to go through it is like not knowing what your goal is or where you want to go in life is so hard. Like, I know when I know I want to get somewhere, I'm very good at, like, getting there. But it's hard for me to not know where I want to go or not know the steps to take to get there. So, that's going to be another episode. Um, 
dating, which don't have a ton of experience in that, but I want to talk about it. Therapy, so self-improvement, um, family relationships. When you turn 18 and move out of the house and start kind of becoming your own person, family relationships can get complicated. And it's hard because you finally have the choice of how much time you spend with them. And also, setting boundaries is very difficult. And something that I heard somewhere that I fucking love and I think is the perfect example for why people need to be setting boundaries, and that is you set boundaries with the people you want to keep in your life because continuing the way it is going right now, you cannot handle that. So, you set boundaries with people that you want to keep in your life and you're setting them because, I don't know, you just need to communicate what you need from them and you need to tell them like, hey, like, I just don't need, I don't want you to say that around me because it really hurts my mental health. And you do that so then you can continue to enjoy your time with them. And I think that that's really important because a lot of people are like, oh, like boundaries, like I don't, it's not really my thing or I don't like doing them. And like, it is so hard to keep a boundary because like you can tell somebody and they can completely brush it off, but, but it is your job to keep that boundary and to not let them push past the boundary. So fucking difficult. And that's just in life in general. It's not necessarily just with family, but like family is a big one that I've realized I've struggled with like setting boundaries with them. Finding financial independence and learning to live with that and like learning how to manage your money and all of that stuff because I went from zero to 100 real quick and I think that my all or nothing mentality really helped with me being successful in this, which not everybody would be, is that I went from paying very minimal bills like my gas, my insurance, like that sort of stuff to literally paying for everything in my life like food and rent and utilities and bills and like all of that. Like I went like my parents still help me and all of that stuff, but like I cover all of my basic living expenses having to do with my apartment and everyday life. So like it's definitely different and I was very successful at it and I am and I, it's a fucking struggle. Don't get me wrong. Oh my God, managing money is not fun. But I think that it's something that a lot of people don't talk about enough. Another thing that I want to talk about in that episode is credit cards because fuck credit cards. Like credit cards are such a, okay, well, credit is such a fucking scam. It's, credit is basically being like, oh, you need to get into debt so that you can build your credit score because you need that for almost every fucking thing in life. And I was lucky enough where, like, I have an apartment where I work for the company. They know how much I make because they pay me. So I didn't have to make, like, three times the rent to be able to live here. Normal apartments, you would need to make three times the rent or more, and then you would have to have a good credit score and have a good history of renting. And I have no credit score, like, at all. And... I didn't get a credit card for the longest time because I'm like, I don't even want the fucking temptation. Like, I don't. Like, I don't want to be able to get myself into that debt. It's a fine line that you have to walk with that, and I think that it's very fucking stupid, personally, but yeah. Um, comparison. Comparison is the killer of everything. Like, fuck comparison. That is the thing that makes you feel like shit. That is the thing that makes you feel terrible about yourself when you're scrolling through Instagram and you're seeing all these like stick thin models and everything like that. Like comparing yourself to them, comparison is ultimately the thing that kills it. Like that makes you feel like shit. I fucking hate it. And I try to tell myself, like I try to catch myself on it and be like, uh, yeah, no, stop comparing yourself. Stop it. Because nothing is ever like comparable in a sense, because you have not gone through the same life as somebody else. You guys have completely different experiences, different traumas, different everything. Like, you t you and another person, like, nobody can ever live the exact same life. You just can't. And you can have similar struggles, but that doesn't mean that, like, you have the same thing that led you to having that struggle or, like, everybody just lives a completely different life, and I think comparing is 
the worst thing you can do to your self-esteem and to yourself in general. Like, it's just, I would like to preface this by saying everything is so much easier said than done, and I know that. But I think that telling us this stuff and reminding us of how important it is is the first step to, like, making those small movements towards the right goal. You know what I mean? Like, being aware of the issue is the first step to being like, okay, yep, no, maybe I'm not gonna go and scroll on Instagram because I know it'll make me feel like shit seeing other people in bikinis. Like, that sort of thing. Like, awareness is the first step in anything, in changing anything at least. That's why whenever, like, I've heard this a lot. I don't know if it's a general thing that everybody's heard, but, like, for people who struggle with addiction, like, the first step is being aware that you have a problem and that this is not normal and that you are struggling. Like, that's the first step. And I think that's the first step in most things is if you want to make a change, you need to acknowledge the fact that there's an issue with how you are going about your life right now. Change is the only guarantee and I fucking hate that statement, but it's so true. Nothing will ever stay the same in life, and I think that if it does, you're not growing, because, and that scares, personally, that scares me even more than fucking anything. Like, I want to grow, and I want to become my best self, and not changing, for me, is more scary than changing, but also changing is very fucking scary. Like I said, it's the only thing guaranteed in life. Like, change will be constant, and you just kind of got to roll with the punches, and it sucks, and it all, like, you always struggle with it, and I think the biggest thing is, like, not all change is bad. A lot of change is good, and I think focusing on that and being aware that, like, okay, yeah, there might be some hiccups and, like, potholes, and there might be some shit that you have to go through, but, like, change is good. Like, unless you're completely happy with your life, change is what gets you to where you want to go. And I plan on changing a lot of things about my life. And that's, an, like, it's just, it, you. it's hard because, like, I don't know. I think it's the small things that make it easier to go on to change the bigger things. But just, like, practicing change and stuff. I don't know. This is talking to myself because I'm 19. But it's, you're only 19 once, take chances, and don't pass up on fun opportunities. I will never pass up on a fun opportunity. Like, I am the person, perfect example, this past fall, me and my friend, literally, like, two days before, we were like, we want to go to Harry Styles. We found tickets for really cheap. Not really cheap, but, like, we found good tickets for semi-cheap, and we're like, oh my god, we're gonna buy them, we're gonna drive down to Chicago, stay there for one night, see him, and then drive back the next day, and we did it, and it's something I will never forget about. Like, it was such a fun experience. My friend's college roommate lives down there, so we got to stay with her, we got to go to the concert with her. It was so much fun, and it's a memory that I will never forget, and like, I was able, I had work, unfortunate, but I got somebody to cover my shift because I'm like, oh my god, like, this is actually happening. Like, this is actually something that is happening because I also struggle with, like, some of my friends just don't have the same free time that I do, and when I want to do something spontaneous and fun and stuff, they're just not always able to. So, the fact that my friend was able to be that spontaneous and do that with me, I was like, fuck yeah, let's go. Like, I want to do this. So we did it. And it was so much fun. And I think that people need to take advantage of the fun opportunities. And don't, especially when you're young, me and my sister are very different. Like, she has a tendency to be very reliable for her job, which I don't think is a bad thing. But I also think that there's opportunities that she has possibly missed out on because of the fact that she had work. And that also just has to do with, like, the way that we grew up. Like, we've always kind of had money issues. So, or we've had, we don't have the best relationship with money. So, like, I feel like she was doing it kind of out of survival from a very young age. And, like, money always comes. It always does. And especially if you're not paying rent, like, it's different when you have bills and you're like, okay, I need to fucking pay my bills or else I'm not going to be able to live. Like, that's a little different. But if it's something where it's like, 
maybe I just won't have the extra money to pay for some stupid thing. Like, maybe I won't have... I'll miss out on a day's work. Like, I'll miss out on that day on my paycheck or something. Like, I think that... And that's just my example, but I do think that there's a lot of things that you only live once. And the best, like, one of the things that I think about, too, is, like, studying abroad is something that nobody ever regrets. Like, everybody tells you, you should go. And if you don't, a lot of people regret that. I think that that's a really good experience and, like, you can find ways to do it on a budget and to not spend a shit ton of money, and maybe you will get in a little bit of debt, but it is an experience that you will never be able to have again outside of college. You can travel and stuff, but like that is a once in a lifetime opportunity that is so important for a lot of people and that nobody ever regrets. Like everybody recommends it. That's my example, but um, take risks. You have the least amount of responsibility right now. Speaking about myself, mainly, like, I don't, I'm not in a relationship. I don't have kids. I have very minimal bills. Like, I am at the prime of my life, or it may not feel like that, but, like, what am I trying to say? I do have the least amount of responsibility right now because I don't have kids. I don't have a mortgage. I don't have, and, like, I have rent, but that's about it and other bills and stuff, but, like, I don't have a ton of stuff to worry about right now, and taking risks when you're young and you don't have a ton to lose is the best time to do it, because when you are old and you have a mortgage and you have kids and you have cars to pay for and you have college to pay for for your kids and you have all of this stuff, like, that's not, you can still take risks at that time, but you have more to lose if you lose, so now, like, at my point in my life, like, I don't have a ton to lose. I'm very fortunate in the fact that, like, if I ever did lose my apartment or wasn't able to afford it or if I lost my job or whatever, I, my parents are still welcoming me home. Like, they would be fine having me back. I feel like it's more of an ego thing at that point for me is, like, I don't, also perfectionism. I don't want to feel like a failure. And I know it's not a failure, but I'm just like, I don't want to have to go back and live with my parents. Yes, they're always there and it's kind of like a backup plan. So it gives me the confidence to be like, if anything ever were to happen, I would have them. But like, I don't want to. But that doesn't mean that I don't want to be, that doesn't mean that I'm willing to sacrifice my happiness just because I don't want to have to move back in with my parents. Nah, like I want to be happy and be successful, and also not have to move back in with my parents. And I don't think it's bad if you do, because fuck, rent rent is expensive, and sometimes the best thing you can do, I had to do it for my mental health, and that's why I was willing to, like, pay more than I would prefer on rent, and do all of that is because I needed to get, like, out of my parents' house. Like, I just was not doing mentally good there, and I think coming here, giving me the confidence that, like, I know that I can take care of myself, and it's, it's exhausting, but I can do it. That taught me a lot about myself, and it gave me the confidence to be like, I will be fine. Anything that life throws in my way, like, I will be fine because I can handle myself, and I can do everything myself. Self-love, that's a big thing that I'm working on. Not good at yet, but I'm working on it. Social pressure, because society can be a bitch. Social pressure also ties into, like, not caring about what people think, which I don't think is easy. Like, that's something that you learn. It's not something that you just know. Don't give up. It's a very broad statement, but I think it's something that... I've struggled with, I guess is the best way to say it. Like, I have, I have very much an all or nothing thinking, so I struggle with giving up a little bit. Specific, like, that can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Like, giving up can mean, like, dealing with depression and not really wanting to do life anymore, which I have struggled with in the past. But also, it can just mean, like, don't give up on your dreams. Like, go after it. Like, I feel like it's hard because it's like, yes, you might fucking fail. And that's fine. You just have to keep going. Because if you never give up, 
you will get somewhere. Like, that is the point. Like, you will be successful if you never give up. So, like, just keep going. And I know it's exhausting. Trust me. I know. But I think it's something that, like, is a bigger conversation that I could talk about for hours. Everything happens for a reason. I'm a very strong believer in that. Um, I've had a lot of things in the past since I've graduated high school, which is almost two years now, which is fucking crazy. But there's a, like, everything happens for a reason. And there's been a lot of stuff that's happened that I'm like, fuck, like, I could have done, I could have gone without that, like, thing that happened in my life. And I think that everything that has happened has kind of led me to where I'm at. Not saying that I'm happy. I mean, I am, but like not saying that I'm like fully content with where I'm at and that this is like the end goal, but like I definitely am happy with where I'm headed and I don't know the next step, which is something that I need to figure out and I'm trying to figure out, but like I'm happy with where my life is going and the confidence it's given me and like all of this stuff. The last kind of idea that I have is, or the thing that I want to talk about is trusting your gut because I think that's one of the biggest things that I can struggle with and that's why uh, the college thing it was like I feel like I kind of wasn't trusting my gut like because I kind of knew that I didn't want to go to college like deep down I knew but like I wasn't listening to myself (laughs) at all And also, like, being a woman, like, safety. That's another thing. It's, like, trust your gut when it comes to safety because, like, if you're not in an uncomfortable situation, your gut is there to tell you that and to be, like, okay, this is kind of starting to feel unsafe. You need to exit before it actually becomes unsafe. And that was another situation that I just had where, like, at work, a guy kind of hit on me and made me uncomfortable and I'm 19 and he was in his late 30s and that made me so uncomfortable and like I have semi-issues with men and like I've had trust issues and like making relationships with them isn't easy and trusting them isn't easy for me so like I had always been like friendly with him and he was super nice and whatever but then he was like shit-faced one night and just started hitting on me and I'm like did I just hear you right? Did I like, am I taking that in a way that's not supposed to be taken that way? Or was, like, I was kind of questioning myself and being, like, did he actually mean it that way? Or am I just perceiving it that way? And, like, I didn't feel physically unsafe with him, but I definitely, like, exited that situation when I could because I'm like yep nope I'm out like I don't want to talk about this anymore this is making me uncomfortable and this is not okay so that's something that I talked about with my therapist and he's just like no like you did nothing because like that was another thing I was like did I do something that made him think that that was okay because like I do not want him to think that that's okay like I do not want to give off the impression that, like, I am interested in him because I'm not. That was something, and he was like, no, like, you did absolutely nothing. You did nothing. And I feel like that also can tie into, like, sometimes people take being nice as flirtation and, or being flirtatious, and I'm like, I maybe have been susceptible to that, and maybe I've even thought that, but, like, I'm at work. Like, I'm being nice because it's my fucking job. Like, no offense, but, like, it's my job to be nice to you and to have a warm and a warm vibe and just, like, make it feel homey to you. Like, I am nice to people outside of work, obviously, but, like, it's, like, I'm at work. Like, otherwise, I would have been, like, okay, fuck you. Like, bye. I was just kind of taken aback by that, and that is something where it's, like, trust your gut. And, like, don't question yourself. Like, if you perceive something as, like, him coming on to you, like, no, like, that's probably what's happening. Like, that probably is what's happening. Like, just trusting your gut is such a big thing because it's what keeps you safe. And for me, it's always been a little bit tricky because I have anxiety. So, like, I can kind of feel anxious about some things and I question if I'm reading into it because I'm anxious or if it's actually, like, okay, like, this might be a threat to my safety sort of thing. That specific situation was my anxiety on top of, like, actually, like, okay, 
he's hitting on you, like, this is not okay, like, you're feeling unsafe, like, get out of the situation. But I think that there's a fine line between feeling unsafe, like, actually, and, like, trusting your gut and being like, okay, I need to not be here right now, or I need to figure out a way to, like, leave this situation or having anxiety. They can overlap and it's so fucking complicated. Like, I don't even know. But trusting your gut when it comes to making big life decisions because, like I said, that is something that I've struggled with. And I have always kind of come back from that. Like, it, like, not always in a graceful way, but like, whenever you make a mistake, not not a mistake, but whenever you don't trust your gut and go in a path that you know maybe it doesn't feel right or isn't like the path that you necessarily want to take, but you feel like you should take it, but like deep down, you know, like, okay, something feels off about this. Like you will always come back from it and you'll always survive it, but I think that it can cut out a lot of hurt and like, it maybe you need to go through it to learn lessons and stuff, but like if you, like I think trusting your gut can cut out a lot of the middle stuff that doesn't always need to be there. It can be very helpful, but I don't think that you always need to go through everything like that. I don't know. It's it's complicated and there's so many different layers to it. But like I just don't like, trust your gut. And that's basically the point. Like, just trust your gut, and I think that it'll never steer you wrong, and it'll take you to the lessons that you need to learn, and it'll, it's good to listen to yourself and listen to your body and, like, recognize how you're feeling about certain things and just, I don't know, listen to yourself. Like, <laughs> it's so hard to because you're like, okay, Am I listening to myself? Am I anxious because I'm afraid I'm going to fail? Is it society pressuring me to do this certain thing? Is it my parents? Do I want to do this thing? Is this taking me on the right path? Like, life is just fucking complicated. Jesus. But I've been recording for like an hour and 10 minutes. So I'm going to stop it right here. And then we'll kind of go more in depth on specific things that I kind of touched on in the next few episodes. So it's just kind of a welcome episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. I noticed that this is a lot easier for me than I thought it would be. I can talk to myself for a while. <laughs> I'm very good at like just conversing with myself. Oh uh, yeah. So this was the first episode of Seriously Not That Serious. I hope you guys enjoyed and I will see you in the next episode or you'll hear me in the next episode or whatever the fuck, but bye.